MedMed Talks. I'm Dr. Adam DeVico, an educator. And I'm Dr. Jacqueline DeVico, a pediatrician. And we're your husband-wife duo for all things parenting. Welcome to episode five of season three. And today we're going to be talking about kind of a hot button topic, cell phones. And definitely one that's kind of hot right now in our family, isn't it? <laughs> well, and I think as a pediatrician and as an educator, we often get the question of when should I get my child a cell phone? And it seems as though everybody has a cell phone. And Adam, what were you seeing in schools? Yeah, I, it's the peer pressure of of kids saying, I, you know, I need a cell phone because everyone else has one. And, you know, we'll touch on a lot of that stuff today and we'll help you realize that no not everyone has a cell phone and let's backtrack a minute though Jacqueline and and talk about you know what is the the pressure around the whole cell phone craze like why um why do kids want it so badly because I know when you and I were growing up we did not have phones um I, I know personally I didn't get one until junior year of college when did you get one I got one of those pay-per-minute phones mm-hmm. when I started driving, and yeah. that was from a safety standpoint. Um, barely ever used it, though, because I had to pay for my own minutes. Well, yeah, and, and you know, not everyone had one either, so, you know, even as adults. And, you know, we, I think everyone listening now fully understands the, the progression and uh, improvements of phones over time, and it went from just something you talk on to something you can text with to something that you can literally live your life by. And so in our lifetimes, we've seen such a evolution. I mean, we're only talking 20 years, I mean, honestly, um, of, of the modern day cell phone. We're not talking the Zach Morris uh, cell phone, but you know, the modern day cell phone really just over the past 20 years, we've seen the evolution and it has become such a part of our society and that has infiltrated into our schools, our families, our homes, and with our children. Yeah, and during the pandemic, I think the social distancing, virtual learning, and just virtual communication really picked up as well. And so having virtual ways for peers to connect with each other really did become vital. So we're seeing an increase in that. We've also seen just the instant gratification. You know, if you have a question, you can look in your phone. Our phones are now our watches and our calculators and our maps. And it's really helpful to have this tool just right in your hand or in your pocket that can solve many problems for you that otherwise would take much longer to figure out. And I mean, look, I I am definitely attached to my phone. Jacqueline's pretty attached to her phone. I mean, I, I get it. I, I can't blame a kid for wanting a phone when they see their parents, their teachers, their friends, parents, uh, you know, they look all around them in their life and all they see are adults with phones doing so many things, by the way. This is not just talking to our friends anymore. Uh, the the allure of a phone has really, I think, exploded because of the things you can do on it. And so, yeah, I get it. Um, you know, you get all these commercials and stuff with babies looking at their parents, looking at their phones and stuff. And, you know, how do you communicate with the grandparents who live far away? Well, I know for us, whose grandparents live far away, our kids' first interaction, not first, but our kids' frequent interactions with them via FaceTime. So I get it. Uh, but I know as a pediatrician, as a as an educator, we often get questioned by friends and just people of, 
well, when do I get a phone for my kid? When does my phone get, uh, you know, when, when is it appropriate? Well, interestingly enough, uh, I did a little bit of research and uh, Common Sense Media is a pretty reputable uh, source of uh, statistics and data. And they, they look at a lot of just pop culture type things. And they gave, uh, they have studied the percentage of phones by age. And so I just want to run through a couple of them just to give you some perspective. So back in 2015, so we're only talking eight, nine years ago, right? So less than a decade ago, 19% of kids had a phone by 10 years old. That increased to 41% by age 12 and 59% by age 14. All right, so by 14 years old, which is about high school, right? So mm -hmm. we'll say by the start of high school, only slightly more than half Correct. of the kids have had a phone. All right, flash forward now eight, nine years. And this uh, this data was from October of 2023. So, you know, just eight, nine years later. And we're looking at 42% of kids by age 10. So that's up from 19%, 19 to 42%. 71% of kids by age 12 and 91% of kids by age 14. So, I mean, when I guess people say everyone else has one, I guess by high school, maybe that's kind of sort of getting to be true. Yeah, and the question is, when when is it appropriate age? And like so many things for children, there's not necessarily one particular age or number where it's developmentally appropriate for a child to have their own phone. Really, you need to look at that child individually. Look at how responsible are they in their day-to-day -day interactions? How honest are they with you? Can you trust them with their interactions on their phone? And come up with a certain media plan. I know the American Academy of Pediatrics has family media plans that you can print out and discuss with the family. You can sign them, have your kids sign them, take pictures on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> to show to keep the contract in place another thing when you're trying to figure out okay well does my child need a phone are they old enough for one is asking yourself what are they going to use it for as we mentioned before you know one nice thing about having a phone is they can call grandparents who aren't local or FaceTime mm -hmm. with grandparents who aren't local. They can take pictures. They can keep in touch with friends who've moved across the country. You know, there there is a certain positive aspect to development and socialization that comes with having a phone. Sure. And, you know, today we're not here to kind of judge whether a phone is good or not. Uh, because like with everything, there's pros and cons. And we can go through long lists of pros and cons for uh, having a phone now in the classroom. We're not talking about teaching today and, and cell phones in the classroom because I'll get off in a, uh, a rant and tangent about that. But just more the, the presence of having your child with a phone. So Jacqueline and I, I mean, this is pretty, this is pretty fresh for us. I mean, this is kind of what we're living through right now. Our older son, Ryder, he is in sixth grade right now. He's 12. But we decided that at the end of fifth grade, so he was 11 at that point, uh, we would get him a phone going into that summer. And uh, so we, we are, what, about six, seven months now yeah. with uh, phone life, <laughs> cell phone tween life. And uh, I don't know. 
it's it's going okay. Yeah, I don't think it wasn't as scary as I anticipated it was. Yeah. Um, some things that help. Uh, we need to approve everything that's downloaded on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not let him take it into his room at night. Um, as a pediatrician, I am a big believer in good sleep hygiene, and a good sleep environment is a screen-free environment. It is tough enough as adults to stop looking at our phones at nighttime and put the phone away. A child is absolutely not going to do that. And so we physically take the phone at night. And it's interesting because I've heard from parents ask me, oh, what apps do you use to spy on your kid's phone? Or what apps, what do you do? I physically hold the phone (laughs) in my hand and I look through it. And I look through it, you know, pretty much nightly. Um, I've probably socked off a little bit now that we've felt more comfortable with it. Um, Also, I think it's important, too, to trust your child enough to have them come to you if there's something that was sent to them. Yeah. That they were hesitant about. I know Ryder did come to us and there was a slightly inappropriate meme that a boy that he had met at a summer camp um, when he was staying with grandparents up in New Jersey so the phone really did help him keep in contact Um, but it was inappropriate so he came and showed it to me and I was very appreciative of him being honest and I told him I said okay you came straight to me with this so thank you Um, you are not in trouble if I see you sending anything like this you absolutely will be Mm -hmm. yeah and he overall overall he's been very responsible with it and i we've had some friends because we tell them we've had friends ask us about our experience so far with him having a phone and one of the questions we get is well you know couldn't he like delete a text or erase a history yeah he could but we've tried to really from day one just really emphasize the trust factor and kind of scaring him into just being honest with us. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think he's done okay. I mean, if he is erasing stuff or deleting stuff, I don't know. I'm not really quite sure what he's deleting because, I mean, what we see is pretty generic. I don't know, for him, like Legos and I don't <laughs> know. May, may, do you think having a boy, though? I, I, sometimes I think about this. I think maybe having a boy is a little bit easier in this situation. I know I've heard just so many more horror stories from parents who have girls and some of the the stuff that they talk about. Um, I Yeah, there can be, play a role with various genders, but I think each child is different. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, each child's going to be unique in that. Um, but, you know, we've been able to kind of teach Ryder some, I'll say, valuable life lessons as well. <laughs> uh, there's one particular story that really... Uh, pops out well and it's not even that bad of a story no it's, it's just, not it's just it's, it's one of those i uh, i feel like you know going back 10 15 years in the past when people first started emailing but Ryder got one of those texts that send this to 10 friends and you'll win the lottery yeah. if you don't send this to 10 friends you'll have bad luck forever you know one of those really annoying chain texts that's clearly a scam um and he did it and he sent it to quite a few people kids <laughs> kids and a few adults actually um, but that was the one and only time he did that we sat back and we talked with him and we're like Ryder clearly this is spam this is clearly not written by any individual person yeah he he, uh, he got a good just life lesson out of that one and you know he 
we made sure he knew he was not in trouble. But when you see those types of things come through, you just ignore them. Oh, uh, this is like, uh, okay, so I don't know if anyone here has uh, Peacock Station, but Jacqueline and I have a new favorite show we're watching. It's called... Um, it's we- on Hulu. Oh, it's Hulu. Is it Hulu? Yes. Oh, okay. No, never mind. Not Peacock. Hulu. It's called What We Do in the Shadows. And I find it much funnier than Jacqueline, but it's kind of like a comedy vampire show. Is that how you would describe it? Yes. Yeah. It's a mockumentary. Mockumentary. All right. So if you like vampire, I don't know, vampire shows, I suppose, and, and comedy, this is good. But in it, you know, you got these like thousand year old vampires living in modern day uh, New York. And on one of the episodes, one of the vampires gets an email that says, uh, you know, you have to forward this to 10 people or you'll be cursed. Or, yeah, Bloody Mary is going to yeah, curse you. Yeah, Bloody Mary is going to curse you. They're freaking out and all that kind of stuff. But it, uh, you know, it just shows you how our society uh, can laugh at that kind of stuff. But if you don't know, you don't know. And so for Ryder and vampires, uh, they, they definitely did not know about the scams that exist there. Yeah. And it's also nice, too. Um, we'll go out in the evenings at time, and he'll babysit his younger brother, and it's a nice form of communication um, for him to ask us things as well as for us to reach back to him, make sure, you know, kitchen's cleaned up or mm-hmm. things he said he was going to do are actually done. Yeah, he's been – it is. It's very helpful because I know before he got the phone, uh, we'd go out for very, very small stints, and – he had the uh, the Alexa, mm-hmm. and so he would call us on the Alexa. But I don't know, it just didn't. It, it, it was reliable, but it was a little bit harder to check in, especially if we weren't uh, if they if he wasn't near it. Yeah. But the phone, you know, he can carry it with him, and I don't know. It just seems it's very convenient. I'm definitely a fan of having that convenience of being able to reach him and him being able to reach us at you know any time. Yeah, but like with any screens, they really do need to put limits on them. Um, We already mentioned the bedtime, how there's no Mm -hmm. screens in the room. But also, we've realized we absolutely need to take it away from him. Sometimes he'll come down for dinner and have it in his hand and try to have a conversation with us while watching YouTube on his phone. Mm -hmm. And... You know, we we see this with adults all the time too, not necessarily watching YouTube, but we see them kind of getting so entranced in their phone they forget to have a conversation with an actual human. And so I think it's really important to set limits on the amount of time that the child has access to the phone as well. Yeah, we I think that's something we need to do a little bit better of a job with too because uh, you know what, it's, it's feeling like he's – because Ryder was definitely a – like YouTube on the iPad, and then there was YouTube on his laptop, and now it's just YouTube on the phone. So it's it's not so much that the iPad or that the that the phone is being used more than anything else. It's that he just keeps finding a new device to watch his YouTube stuff on. So I don't know. I, that's something that Jacqueline and I are, are still kind of figuring out and navigating. Uh, because yeah, she's absolutely right. He, he'll come walking down to dinner and. You know, he's like, oh, just one more minute. Just got to finish it. No, put down the phone. And so we're, we're, we're figuring that out. Yeah. It does. It's an easy thing to take away as far oh, as a discipline absolutely. technique. Um, if, you know, he's not been truthful for us, if he's mm-hmm. not been truthful to us, or not following directions, not paying attention. Yeah, taking the phone away is probably our first go-to. 
oh, it's a great one too. Like you could see like the soul being taken out of him. Like <laughs> even if we take it away for a day, it's it's like demoralizing. Uh, it, it's but if that's what will keep everything in check, by all means, I'm all for it. And uh, you know, another piece that I'm I'm just thinking of like things I I, I want to keep working on with him is like cell phone etiquette like texting and like you know there, there's text language but i don't even think he knows text language he'll just put random letters together oh, and it's awful. i mean it is absolutely just pathetic his like his grammar and te- I, I i understand i mean here's the teacher of me coming out i understand there's texting language and you don't need to have a grammatical you know uh, perfection on the phone but i mean Man, it is rough. Yeah. Oh, I just keep saying what, what I don't understand you until it's significantly better. Yeah, well, and you know, then he gets lazy and he starts using the voice to text, sure. and so he doesn't even work on that. So that's something I want to keep working on with him is just how to have some phone etiquette, I guess. Because yeah. even like when you when you call him, I, I think a lot of us growing up, maybe we got some practice with phone etiquette because we literally had to answer the phone when it rang there was no other option and so i remember like saying you know hello this is adam or hello mm-hmm. and obviously a lot of phones have the name pop up now so you don't have to sure. say but i don't know just phone etiquette i sound like the old grumpy man here. <laughs> you do a little bit get off my lawn you know I've, i i i i feel like the uh, the old man complaining here but I don't know. I feel like there's a space in society to still have some form of etiquette and skills at answering and talking to people. Sure. Yeah. And I think we we picked the summer before sixth grade for Ryder, partially based on age, partially based on as a lot of his friends were moving on to middle school, quite a few of them attend different middle schools. So we wanted to make sure he was able to keep in touch with others. Um, some of his friends we are not as close with the parents and as kids get older it does seem as though plans are being made more and more by the children and adolescents themselves rather than the parents reaching out to each other to make the plans and so those were some of the reasons behind it um, we looked at how responsible he was you know when we ask him to do something for the most part he follows through um, we've kind of entrusted him more and more with staying home with our younger son with you know cleaning up the kitchen or doing certain things you know putting away laundry other chores around the house and so as he's gotten older we've increased and increased these responsibilities and this is actually something that I typically address in adolescent well child checks as I ask you know what are the things that the children do around the house to help because as I tell the older elementary school or middle school kids as you do more and more you show more and more responsibility you will get more and more privileges and the phone is absolutely a privilege we own the phone that is not Ryder's phone that is our phone yep yeah and so he he's done a good job overall now I, our younger son he's only in third grade so we still even a converse a beginning conversation is not even close yet but I think he's gonna be <laughs> a very different uh, type of discussion than Ryder our younger one is not the responsible one <laughs> he will he'll be the one doing inappropriate things on the phone and trying to be sneaky so yeah. uh, he's going to definitely have to earn our trust a lot more than uh, Ryder 
at that age. Sure. So, you know, the, every kid's different though, like Jacqueline said. So even with your own, within your own household, you're going to have different conversations based on the kids. Um, now, I will say for those parents who are just not ready yet for the cell phone, like the physical cell phone, we've got, now we have not personally used these, but I know a lot of our friends have experimented with different alternative devices. Mm-hmm. I know we have a couple of kids in the neighborhood that have things like Gab and smartwatches and gizmo Gizmo and those are all kind of yeah a lot of them are like watch based or some of them like look like a phone but don't have the internet and social media capabilities and they're more just straight up communication uh and and gps Mm -hmm. locators which i think is brilliant and a great kind of starter piece yeah i think that's really helpful we luckily live in one of those neighborhoods where kids often will just run around to other Mm -hmm. children's houses and having the ability to figure out where your child is when they decide to go from one children one child's house to another i think is helpful without having to text without a having thousand to text. parents yes. yeah yes. so I, I yes i do love the fact that we live in a neighborhood where the kids can just roam around but it also becomes a little bit tricky when you don't know what house they're at at that moment so yeah having some way to communicate with them without having the actual cell phone yet is uh, i think a really great uh gateway mm-hmm. i guess to that to the uh to the cell phone and i mean technology is only going to keep getting better and more advanced so i'm sure they'll continue to come up with advances for what that looks like and what the capabilities are and you know the the ease of of giving your kids something to track them and communicate with without it being a cell phone yeah now the alternatives definitely have their pros and cons as well because if it is a watch structure it's kind of always with you versus at least at school the cell phone gets put away or you have to you know it's out of your sight versus if you do have some type of smart watch yeah literally you're kind of it's always even in your vision or peripheral vision yeah, I was just having a conversation with one of my buddies the other day about that. He he has a smartwatch. Not Jack, Jacqueline and I do not have Apple Watches or any type of smartwatch, but he was saying this is the best and worst thing in my life because he, he was talking about it in terms of like work access, but he's like, I like it because I have everything I need at my at my wrist, but I hate it because I always am accessible. You know, it's always with me. And so it's hard to like turn off that mode yeah and i notice when i'm talking with parents at doctor's visits if they Mm -hmm. have a smartphone i do notice their vision keeps kind of going down to their phone and going down to their phone and as an adult professional who's you know giving them my time and expertise it, it does seem a little bit impolite and i know they're not doing it on purpose and i'm sure there are many impolite things that i tend to do that i don't even realize but it is one of those things that i don't know maybe i'm getting old too i do know this <laughs> jack and i are going to have a, a another podcast of just being old uh old folks you know i i, I do think we need to have a, a you know we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention you know the safety pieces of uh of phones and just making sure that like we talked before about the scam scams you know we can teach them easily but you know we also got to teach kids about just general safety making sure that they uh if they have social media that they're not communicating posting things that may give uh, identifiable information that may uh not communicate that they're not communicating with people who have bad intentions Mm -hmm. you know those are all important conversations that 
uh, are going to need to come. Ryder doesn't have any social media right now. I mean, he uses YouTube, but there's no Instagram, TikTok, none of that kind of stuff yet mm-hmm. for him. So I'm sure it'll come. I'm yeah. sure it'll come one day. Yeah, that's something that the American Academy of Pediatrics um, actually does have more specific age recommendations, um, recommending more high school. They usually say high school or they say 15 and above when it comes to social media, just because you really do need a certain level of maturity mm-hmm. to be able to handle that. Yeah, yeah. It's. We, I guess we got a little bit of a glimpse into it with, with Leone. You know, we had our, our German exchange student living with us last year, and uh, I mean, she was the epitome of responsible. And so, you know, we, we were never concerned about what she was doing on her phone. But, you know, at the end of the day, she's still a teenager, and we were responsible for her. So you know, I just wanted to make sure she was making good decisions and, um, you know, keeping herself safe as well. So, you know, at the end of the day, we bring it all back to this is a family decision. There is no one age, one style, one certain moment where, you know, you have to have a phone for your kid. You may choose that you never do uh, have a phone for your kid. And that's fine too. It's it's a personal decision, personal family decision. Uh, But, you know, we read off the statistics and you see kind of where we are as a society right now. If I had to predict, I would assume that those numbers will continue to rise. I mean, everything basically doubled or nearly doubled um, from 2015 to 2023, you know. And so I, I would predict over the next several years it will continue to rise. So we hope you've had, uh, you know, a chance to think about your situation and uh, what might be best for your family. And we appreciate you uh, listening to EdMed Talks as always. Feel free to uh, comment, ask questions, uh, share this with your friends. And we appreciate all of your support. And as always, there's no such thing as the perfect parent. However, you can be the perfect parent for your child.